Camera speeds. A mark. Welcome to another episode of the Focus Pooler at Work podcast. I'm Bradford, and today we get to listen to First AC Megan Commons and her journey growing up from a young age surrounded in film, as well as her transition into what made her the Focus Pooler she is today. Thanks so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. I have Megan Commons with me here. Um, why don't you just like start this off and tell me who you are, kind of where you are from, or where you're currently based? Yeah, so... Uh... I am originally from Houston, Texas, um, so a Texas girl at heart, but uh, lived a huge portion of my life in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I started my career, which is not your typical place to, to start a film career, but um, I did. And then I, uh, I'm now currently based in Kansas City. So I, I actually spent a little bit of time in Louisville, I think like about six months. It was a very fun little city. It is, uh, like, like you said, it is not like a place that you imagine a bunch of film jumping out of the, out of the woodworks. But I also know, I saw that you, you didn't like jump into film right away, but that you b- had both of your parents sort of were in the industry, um, your dad being a DP and your mom being like a writer producer. Do you mind telling me a little bit about what that was like growing up in a family that kind of was so involved in the filmmaking process from an early age? Yeah, I definitely didn't have your traditional childhood um, per se because I I grew up uh, going to set and I would hang out and I'd bug my mom. Like I remember vividly my dad was working on a, a, a series, a, a TV series, and um, he had had, you know, we were in a studio in a soundstage and he had he was working on one stage over here and there was half of an airplane, you know, stage and I was just hanging out and running up and down and play, you know, sitting in the airplane coloring. And, you know, it's not your typical, it's not your, t- I have pictures of me on a Fisher Dolly with my dad. I need to hunt that photo down. I've, it's somewhere deep in my parents' basement. But yeah, so my mom um, was an AD slash producer slash writer. Uh, after I started to kind of get to the age of like schooling, my, my parents decided to homeschool. So she transitioned into just um, finding like, uh, what's that where, um, b-roll footage but back in the day you actually had to like write in and message and like do the go through the logs and it was a whole it wasn't just as easy as getting on the computer and googling what you wanted um so she ended up doing that but my dad was a dp um so my whole life was just my parents in this odd weird production and i remember uh going up to them as a little girl and telling them i'm gonna get a normal job i don't want to be like you guys where you're gone all the time working i'm gonna get a normal job and i told them i'm gonna be a chef because that's a normal job. Um, yeah, and so I actually pursued culinary. And when you're homeschooled, you kind of fast track your your decisions a lot more. So instead of being like, you know, end of high school, being like, I'm going to look into this college. I was 14, 13, 14 looking at colleges. I toured a, co- a culinary school at 14. Um, I had the crazy opportunity to meet Paula Dean in person. So I went up to her and I was like, what advice do you have? I want to be a chef. She looked me square in the eyes and said, don't do it. Do anything else. It's the hardest job you'll ever do. Food is grueling. You know, unless you really can't do anything else, like, don't, don't do it. Do it as a hobby. Well, and at 13, 14, I was like, well, dang, maybe I don't like food that much. And so that's about the time my dad was like, well, why don't you come start being a PA on my sets? And my mom was like, any day you're on set with your dad, I'll count it as school. And my lazy butt was like, peace out. I don't want to do school. I want to go be on set with my dad. 
So I started PAing at 13, which is not your typical, not your typical middle school experience. I can only imagine just how much uh, how much fun that would have been just kind of getting to getting to get school credit for for something and then end up getting to move into that career uh, later in life. That is so that is so cool. I guess in a similar way, I worked my way up the ladder, like you know, PA, second AC, first AC, DP, like. I know that you you got to go from that truly you got to PA from when you were 13 and then you got to you know second and first and what was that journey like for you what lessons um, did you learn going up that way because I know some people start out in one area one field and then they jump to that and then they're like ah you know what actually I want to try this like you kind of worked your way up the traditional like as we see like bottom then this then this like what were some of those lessons that you learned I truly loved being a PA as much as it was grueling and it was hard I PA'd from the ages of 13 to 18 um so for a really long time and um I I the thing I loved most about PA especially at such a young age was I got I I didn't know that I wanted to go into camera department I just I would PA under the makeup artists for one shoot I would PA under you know art department for another shoot I would think you know the benefit of having your dad being the DP I kind of would be like hey can I work with this people today you know today like is that okay and you know no one ever seemed to be like no we don't want a PA like everyone wants extra hands and so that was nice to cut my teeth on a lot of different departments and I just kind of fell toward camera. I just thought it was so interesting, um, you know, seeing how it worked. And also it was convenient with, I had the toys at home. My dad owned a red, like, you know, we had lenses, we had the whole nine yards so I could fiddle and I could play and I could test stuff right there at home. Um, and so, yeah, it's, let's see, lessons that I learned. I just, I learned hard, you know, being so young and doing it, I learned hard work. I learned you don't sit down. I learned, you know, just the basic fundamentals of set life. You know, I, I, part of my journey is I didn't go to film school. I didn't go to college at all. Um, I was at my senior, I just finished high school and I was at the point where I needed to pick, I picked my college, I was accepted and I needed to start picking classes and put my first payment forward. And I got asked to work on another one of my dad's shows. And I basically was like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm from a religious background. And so I was praying about it and I was like, okay, well, do I, uh, it would have been over my first semester of college, this show. So I would have missed my first semester. And I, I asked the production, I said, I would like to second. I was my first, it was gonna be my first time seconding. I'd never done it before. I said, I'd like to second. If I can't have the second position, I'm gonna go to college instead. I was gonna get an art degree and a business degree. Like I was not gonna get a film degree. And um, so they talked about it. They talked to the AC and they came back and they said, yeah, sure. He'll take you under his wing. He'll, he'll, he'll train you as a second. You can come on the show. So, and that, and that was, yeah, my dad was also the, still the DP of that one. And, um, yeah, that was a, uh, it ended up being a phenomenal experience and obviously fast tracked me into my, into my future. It was also a huge learning experience because the AC I worked under was incredibly hard on me, made me cry on set multiple times. Like I messed up and left a battery on a, on a process trailer that was heading back to Cincinnati, which is only an hour and a half from Louisville. It's not, it's not that far, but I left the battery. I realized I'd left a battery. I immediately called the PA, I called the, the trailer. They were like, oh yeah, we'll stop at this gas station like 30 minutes up the road. I sent a PA to go get it. Like we fixed the problem, but the AC like put me through the ringer for, you know, and it just like so much so that 
my dad found me crying behind the or the 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 makeup trailer and he was just like even if she regardless of her being my daughter like you don't like you need she fixed the problem like you need to like have grace like it'd be one thing like she didn't break anything the, the battery it's just a battery it's coming back so i learned how to have a tough skin at a very early age you know this is 18 years old getting chewed out very early. and honestly he didn't chew me out he did the silent treatment which was even worse. I'd rather just get yelled at, but the, the, like, he only spoke to me about work and nothing else at that point. Cause he was so mad at me that it was just like, ah, you know, I was, did not enjoy the process, but I learned a lot. No one's ever been as hard on me as he has. So I do appreciate that. I think, I think there is like the blessing and the curse of, of being tough, uh, <laughs> but that is, that is brutal. I think that, uh, that is, that is many, uh, many lessons I learned from, from first when I was seconding, like being pretty, pretty rough on me. I, I've tried to learn how to like teach those same less lessons without like breaking people's spirits the same way. But uh, yeah, no, I think that there is uh, it's obviously helped me uh, in my journey to become who I was and hard work. That's like the main thing that I tell anyone who seconds under me or camera PAs. It's like, I can't, one thing that I cannot teach you is how to be a hard worker. Like yeah. it, it, some, sometimes like making movies is not difficult but it takes hard work and you just have to be willing to put the hard work in it's like there's a b c d like we have a shot list where like getting coverage like when you really look at a scene it's like we got seven shots like everything is very simple but it takes hard work and that is something that is like very hard to very hard to teach some people and so it is so core to i think even just of all departments it's camera team never stops it's like if the camera team stops working, we're not shooting a movie. Like you can, you can shoot stuff and the lighting department can take a break because we're outside. Like, you know, we're, you know, hair and makeup, they get themselves set and then they're like, okay, well we'll do last looks every once in a while. It's like camera department never stops. And so it is, it is standing up all day and it does take a lot of hard work. I like to tell when I'm really feeling snarky and only I do this to my friends that on set, but I like to tell them that they'd be a radio show without us. Cause you know, we're the we're the department so i'm like mm, yeah you know don't make us mad you're a radio show without us there is one good saying that like i, I heard uh, someone say on set they said you can't you can't film a movie with a c-stand yeah it's true you know to say like to preface my childhood and you know obviously i did have my the fortunate ability to hold on to my father's coattails i did i never wanted to be on a set where people said, oh, you're only here because your dad is here. Because that was definitely true at the beginning. Like, I was only there. But when I started moving into ACing, I wanted to prove my my worth and be like, no, I'm here because I've earned it. I'm not here just because my dad's, you know, my dad said, well, you have to bring my daughter. So I worked, I did work hard as much as I did. I, I did have stuff on a silver spoon. That's super, that's super cool, though, because I think that there is like a earn your keep kind of a kind of a thing that you you're able to to learn in those situations. So funny, funny enough, I would say that like, you know, you, you progress from having your family in industry to your new family is also in the industry and your husband is a DP as well. And you guys actually get to like have the special experience of actually working together. What is that experience like when you guys get to work together where you get to pull for him and he's getting to shoot stuff? Yeah. So I met my husband on a Cessna airplane uh, commercial that my dad was actually DPing on and, um, we, I came on as the first AC. My husband was the cam operator on that and stuff. And we, you know, obviously hit it off great. So it's fun that we met on set. So being able to work together came almost seamlessly, like with within the relationship because we met working together. And also 
I end up mo- I ended up moving up into my dad's first AC position. So I was the second. Then I became his first on a lot of his projects. Um, and so I already had a good base. Like my father and I started a production company together um, called uh, Visual Poet Studios. And um, so I already had this really, I wouldn't say, we, we had a really good balance of father and daughter working together. So transitioning that into this guy I was dating and and we started working together and we were also long distance. My husband was here in Kansas city. I was in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and so we really started working together the most once we got married, but it was a pretty seamless transition. Now we do have funny conversations where we'll be on the phone and he'll be like, all right, this is a DP talking to his AC. I need this and I need this. And this is a camera build. And this is a camera. Da, da, da. Okay. Now a husband talking to his wife, what are we going to have for dinner? Do you want me to pick up something? You know, and we have these like literal separations of conversations um to understand or it'll be like husband talking to an ac hey is there anything i can do at home to make your life easier like different and so we have these like bounce backs um but i love i absolutely love that i get to work with him i'm working with him on a commercial tomorrow and i have another thing with him next week and you know we work together about i would say 60 percent of the year i get to work with him which is just an absolute dream come true that is so cool i think what is so special about each person in film is that we each have our own unique traits and our own personalities and we bring those with us like making films is human we're telling stories about other humans we're telling uh these great like rises and falls and like these arcs and everything is very human and then we have a bunch of people that have a lot of emotions and a lot of character traits like telling those stories as well and we're all all coming to set and like we're all bringing in our own you know unique backstories our own personalities that's what makes every set so special is that like it's a whole group of people coming together with all of these individual things like what are some of those things that make you who you are on set whether that's like a personality thing things that you value or things that you like to try to um, instill what you bring to set that's a really good question I would say for me, it's positivity. I, there's no reason to be a horrible person on set. And so I always try as best I can, even in the most stressful situations, to just take a deep breath and be kind and be smiling and be, you know, just a little ray of sunshine. Because sometimes on sets, it can be through the trenches and it can be horrible, you know, and, um, so I just find that my for my personal self, I always, I don't know, just try to be a happy little light bulb to all the productions I'm on. Um, yeah, that's a good question. When we work with people, we like give them things and we take things from them. And we're, it's a constant, hopefully it's a constant staircase of a journey for each one of us. Like what are some of those things that you hope to leave with people as you part ways after each set? Yeah, I hope that people can just... When I have a second, especially when I'm training a second, I, you know, I want them to be able to hopefully walk away with some better, not, you know, better tips and tricks and, you know, what they came with. Because a huge portion of this is film school. You know, a lot of these kids come from film school and stuff, which is great. But there's so much like a day on set is I sometimes think can be as valuable or more valuable than a semester of film school. I want everyone to come away. Well, I keep saying positive experience, but I guess I had such a negative experience from people I had learned from. Not all my, obviously, the ACs I worked for were rough on me. I had some phenomenal teachers and 
um, some phenomenal people. I got to, I've worked under some amazing ACs. Um, but I have put been put through the ringer and I hope no one ever has to realize, like I, I want people to realize that this industry is hard. It's hard, but it's fun. Like we wouldn't do it if we didn't love it. It's kind of, it's the same thing Paula Dean said about cooking. I, I, t- and I, ironically, I tell people that I have young people, oh, I want to get into the film industry. Don't do it. Do anything else. It's the hardest thing you'll ever do. Obviously, I don't say it to that harshness, but it's true. I mean, it's a hard, you're away from your family. You have crazy hours. They don't make sense. As I'm fortunate that my partner does this. And so he understands the crazy hours that the film industry is. I mean, but I mean, people are away from their significant others. It's a hard, it's a hard industry. You're breaking your back. I had an, I had an EMT on a movie I was on. I was the second and I was lifting, you know, the, the big Mitchell tripod slugging it on my shoulder and my whole shoulder turned purple and he actually pulled me aside because it matched domestic violence abuse bruises and he was like hey I'm a safe spot if you ever need to talk to me yada yada and I was like what are you talking about and I was like oh it's no this is literally from work this is this is work bruises but that's the truth like it's hard on our bodies so but it's such a when you see that final product it's such a satisfying career it's so you know it's it's so worth it and I think you know ACing is a thankless job. They only bring you up when you do something wrong. Hey, that was soft. You know what I mean? You don't get you don't get gratification there on the spot. It's only later when you're like you you know it. You're like nailed that. No one knows. And then they're like one more and you're like, "Oh, I got to do it again." Okay. Nailed it. Okay, we're good. You know. But it's it's still so worth it when you see those crazy poles and you nail them and you're part of the production and you're part of the team and you get to be pretty high up on the team. You know, first AC is you're leading a, you're leading your department. So you're, you have to instill a little bit of leadership. So it's a, it's more than just knowing camera data. It's being a team leader. It's being, um, you know, artistic. I personally, wow, I've really derailed this question and I'm so sorry, but I'm going to just keep pushing forward. No, no, I I'm, I'm so happy to go down this way. No, this is everything you're saying is like so true to to what being a first AC is. Um, but I, I, I personally, I like to, I find um, first ACing to me is very artistic. A, po- a focus pull to me is very artistic, which I know is like not necessarily the most traditional thinking, but like I'm more artistic than I am technical. And I, I move when I'm pulling focus, um, I move with the, with the, with the focus wheel. Like my whole physical body is moving because I'm feeling what I'm feeling, what the camera's feeling. And I don't know. It's like, it's, I find it to be the most beautiful dance imaginable, uh, pulling focus. So I, when you're in the zone and you're in the moment, it's, I find it to be the most Zen clear thinking moments. No, there, there really is truly like a special wavelength that kind of just like emerges when you as a focus puller kind of get in the same like groove as your operator or your dp and you're kind of like feeling what is all happening and you like you both can just like know what's happening without anything having to be said and then like you're suddenly just like so immersed into like the creation of what's happening in the story and it's just it is a really special place i can say that there's been like a couple really long takes that i've been a part of where it's like the operator's just like hey just like hang with me here and uh i have no idea what we're gonna find and it ends up being this like four minute take and we end up just like cruising through this and it's just like this really beautiful thing that happens and you're like afterwards it's just like this 
this like handshake of embrace of just like man that was special and like no one can take that from you like it is a truly a dance it is really cool absolutely and i think like even even to go back to just like so much of so much of that stuff that you were saying like i think that there's so much value in in all of that 90% of being a first is not pooling focus it's the leadership aspect it's the ability to compromise well it's the ability to anticipate well it's the ability to have good confrontation like in a healthy way i think you know like to be able to be like to problem solve exactly it's like there's so much of like filmmaking that's like well this didn't go right or this is not a like this is about to collapse or hey you messed this up like there is a very technical side to what we do and there's like but it's also like the element of like this is this is how we move forward together and like i think that there is like an art form of like teaching how to like learn very technical things but then also like embracing the human side of stuff where it's like men like it's really hard like it's a it's a really hard industry to learn how to do it well when you're literally dealing with such technical things and the only way for you to learn that stuff is to get your hands on it and so it's like there's just naturally going to be such a open window for error and like it's expensive stuff that we're working with and it's like the amount of grace that's given is so little so it's like even that as a first is like helping navigate that helping create great learning grounds for the camera pas or the second acs like and and half of the time it's like you know like you said we're like thankless individuals that we don't get seen unless we mess up so it's like you're also like trying to like create this perfect team that never gets noticed and like you're you're also like teaching some of these people that are they're like oh hey here's a billy and he's never ever worked with camera before he's going to be your second and you're like oh well we have two cameras and like it would be really beneficial to have like a real second like I, I don't know. Okay, well, I got to make this work now. So, like, I, there's a lot that goes into being in first AC that is just more than all that stuff. So I think everything you're saying is, like, very true, and I think, like, a lot of people can relate to that. And and, and it is something that, like, I try to, like, just remember. Like, I, I'm a very athletic person, so, like, I my mind goes to, like, a lot of analogies like that. It's, like, you can't just love playing soccer for the goals, you got to love it for the passing. You got to love it for the defense. You got to love it for the great team chemistry. It's like even with football, it's like you got to love the route running. You got to love the defense. You got to love the play calling. You got to love the scheming. It can't just be about the touchdowns. Like with filmmaking, it's it's so much of, of all of that stuff. It's like you can't just love when you get to make a beautiful shot. You got to love the hard work it took to get there. You got to love the people that you make films with. So I guess in that... I would ask, like, what are some of the uh, tougher lessons that you've had to learn on set, either personally or from a technical standpoint? Uh, well, other than don't leave a battery on a process trailer. Um, <laughs> no, I okay. I got to work with Alan Aldridge, who's a beautiful, beautiful uh, AC, who's the joke is, what has he not worked on? But I got to second for him on my first movie. And he he gave me some advice that has stuck with me and I've given this advice a thousand times is if you're, I like, I pull goofy. I get made fun of by my peers that I pull goofy. I don't pull the traditional direction and stuff like that. And I've talked to him about it and he was like, look, if it works, if you get the shot, if you're able to do your job safely and well, didn't do it. You do what you need to do to get the job done. If you pull goofy, 
okay, you get the job. You know what I mean? But obviously, like, don't do anything irresponsible that's going to, you know, potentially sabotage the, the production. But just that was such a freeing thing because I felt like coming into this, I wanted be, you know, I was facing up against people who had been doing it for a lot longer than I have. Even people who had gone to school, like, specialty, like, gone to full sale and gone to school for being an AC, I, I felt very behind and he was like look if you were able to make it work for you and it works and the production can happen and they can create beautiful images okay doesn't matter it was so it was just a freeing advice to to know that learn how to do it right but it's okay that you don't do it traditionally so that was a freeing thing um a freeing thing for me i i know now obviously like how to pull both ways um thanks to my peers being like what if i handed you a follow focus right now would you be able to pull you know, off my focus wheel. And I'm like, yes, I can. I just naturally go back to the wrong direction. Um, it's from live production. I started out even younger than 13. I was doing live production at a huge mega church in Kentucky. That's a whole other thing. <laughs> I've, I've lived a few careers where I was even directing big concerts and stuff at like 18. So it's a whole other thing. Um, but that, so that advice though of being okay to be who you are, and not compl- always comparing yourself to those around you and how they're doing things. Obviously, look at everybody. Learn from everybody. I've watched everyone and I've asked a ton of advice. That's the other thing. Ask for advice. When it's appropriate and you're not in the middle of a take, ask for advice. Constantly look at those around you. Because um, I've learned. I loved seconding. I still second for um, some people here in Kansas City. I mean, Kansas City is a small market. We have no career seconds. So all of us ACs kind of you know, hit each other up and take turns. Um, but outside of that, like big productions will come through KC and I actually really enjoy when I get to second under some of these big productions because it's another chance for me to learn. I've been firsting for 10 years, but I still continue to learn, you know, new, new tricks and new things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, look, that's the way I should be doing that. Oh, look, or even so I've worked under phenomenal ACs that I'm like, Hmm, I don't know that that worked. I think there's a better way to do that. Um, so I just say, you know, one is be yourself. Two is always ask questions. Those are my fun. That's just life advice. That's, that goes beyond set. That's just, you know, in general. I think, I think the great thing about like what I found in my journey of, of working in film is that so much of like what I've learned in film translates so much to just life in general of like just how to work through confrontation, work through like leadership stuff, work through just like how to look out for others around you. Now, I think that like all advice, like it, when, you, when you really figure that out on set, it really translates as well to, to what we're doing in, in life as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all, that's all resonates really well. The other one is be two steps ahead of your DP. That's the other one. Always have your ear to the DP and always try to be two steps ahead of him. Or her. That was one of the things that I, I learned very quickly was uh, from another first was like, hey, you always stay in eye contact of your DP and then actually truly try to spend time learning who they are without them having to tell you that. Like find out like what makes them tick. Find out like your job is to be the ninja that literally is going to help set them up for success without them realizing it. So like what are the things that you're doing to like make sure to mitigate like what makes them stressed out? Like it, it within within the means of like what you can do as a first. Obviously some directors will just make any DP like lose their mind. But it, it is like the idea of like what can you do so you're not adding any more stress to that? What are you doing to like take burdens away from your from your DP or operator? Like those lessons are 
are, are very valuable that I learned as well. So you've you've actually gotten to go across the board and work on tons of different types of stuff. I know some people are very, you know, stay within their own little field or their own little world. You've gotten to do like narrative, documentary, like commercial, like food, like all kinds of stuff. Like, is there any type of stuff that you specifically enjoy working on the most? Uh, yeah. So I've, I mean, I have, like you said, I've done, I've done food and TV and commercials and documentaries and movies. And I, I personally, uh, like music videos. I have thoroughly enjoyed I it kind of goes along with that dance aspect of it and I love like a handheld uh, we my husband and I do a lot of um like Devil Wars Prada music videos so they're very upbeat very loud very screaming and so there's something about a handheld shot where the you know the screamer is screaming and the camera is going all over back and forth and you know you're just following that chaos there's just something about the chaos that I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy Um, but I also love like a quiet food studio shoot, like shooting high speed food is like adorable and you know, it's a fun day. You're snacking, especially pre COVID you'd be snacking all the time and you know, so food shoots are fun. I, I personally, I think I do the least with features just because uh, it's a huge time commitment. I like, I struggle with that. My dad still does features. He's on a feature right now. Um, well, I guess he's on a TV show right now. But I just struggle with that time commitment because I could do six or seven commercials in the same amount of time that a feature is being done. And I really enjoy the sporadic. I loved the being in the trenches of a feature, you know, just that you it's you all together. It's y'all together for, you know, five weeks or four weeks. Just, you know, you're seeing these same people every day. There's something there's some like community about that. But I also do enjoy the two-day commercial being like clock in clock out do a good job and then you're off to the next races and in my my ADHD mind just loves the 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 change of topic every day so there's there's a balance between the two but yeah music videos have been a a new love of mine I've been doing those recently the last couple of years and um yeah I don't know music videos are fun there there's no rules like it's a music video you want to put a light there sure why not it's a music like who knows what there's no rules that's so true it's so true um i think i think even even to just like expand on on like just some of the things that you you enjoy like i think so much of working in film can be very difficult because it is so demanding it is such long hours um it is not unique in that like you can get a text message the night before and they're like hey are you available we have espn coming through or hey we got a music video coming up like can you do this like and it's literally last second or especially like i know everyone can totally relate now with like covid being like hey this person tested positive are you able to fill in like it can be very demanding in that like you can know so little of what your life looks like uh on a week-to-week basis and you are especially as a first ac it's not like you're like Typically, unless you book a feature or you're on a TV show, it's not like you typically know like, hey, this is what my whole, you know, spring is going to look like. It's usually very like per job basis, um, depending on what comes through town or what DPs are reaching out to you. So outside of film, how are you finding ways to recharge? Like, what do you love? What are your hobbies? How are you taking care of yourself uh, between those jobs? I have the beautiful ability to turn off work very easily. Uh, my husband does not. He is very much like 
always in it all the time and I'm like oh I'm not at work done off not thinking about working more uh no but um no so to recharge I I love to paint I uh I love so I I have a little art studio in our house and so I love to spend time in there I uh my husband and I watch way too much tv um as a great way to recharge um but also we enjoy it because we're always analyzing and looking at you know interestingly shot movies and tv shows and you know analyzing them so that's why we enjoy like cartoons sometimes it's like a nice like you can't overanalyze a cartoon but yeah and then the other thing is like i have a dog so taking the dog for walks it's i'm very basic when it gets down to it. and get gaming i love love video games i don't game as hardcore as i used to in high school i'm right now i'm an avid animal crossing gamer um you know five star island not to brag um <laughs> but no i mean it's film I don't find I need to retar- recharge too much from film because it was, it's been my whole life. Like it's not, I've never known a life without this chaos and without the craziness and without my dad being gone or us being out for crazy hours or having a, you know, no job for a week. And then all of a sudden I'm gone for five days. Like the chaos, I, I kind of thrive in this chaos. And so, you know, I do enjoy like my, my, my days off are coming home and just not moving for a day and then you know reorganizing I, I prep in my here in Kansas City we don't have a camera house and so I prep from my my garage it's been built out into like a, a prepping station so cleaning that is kind of you know therapeutic and then otherwise just being a couch potato until my next job because you know it's it's we, especially in Kansas City we're so commercial based but like yeah so you get asked to do productions literally last minute especially because like you said because of covid but like i just worked on uh the new fresh prince of bel-air that you know the the not reboot it's a remake they're making it into a drama or whatever and so like i got a call wednesday or thursday for a shoot on saturday that they were like we need a pickup shot of people playing the band you know are you available and i was like yeah okay they're like yeah go get your covid test we're doing it so i'm so used to this just ridiculous 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 chaos um that yeah we don't you know my husband is the type like we're so in it because him being a dp our days off are hey let's do a lighting test hey let's do a let's build the camera real fast and let's test out this new you know piece of gear we got so we're always kind of just there's really no downtime i guess art and video games and watching tv are my downtimes no that's 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 a good point i think even a lot of people will ask me i know it's like film film for me has been Obviously, the dream for me is to to DP features, um, but it's like this is plan A, B, C, D. You know, like this is this is also like also a hobby. You know, and I think like making sure that like you're taking care of yourself in the midst of that is is very important because you never want something like that to become like burnout. We see burnout so often, but it is really cool when working in film can also be what fills you up. Mm-hmm. And I think that like. I think that there's such a special place and I hope I hope more people can find that where it's like working in film doesn't just have to be grueling and brutal. Mm-hmm. It's like it's hard work. Absolutely working in film is hard work. It, it is the some of the things that take 12, 14 hour days and it is that for six days of the week and it is the ever changing process of you being like hey, it'd be nice to know what time I can wake up tomorrow until I don't have to wait like for 10 hours before I have to wake up. Like it would be nice to know that stuff. Like you're you're at the will of even to the smallest things of like, hey, I don't even know what I'm going to eat for lunch tomorrow because 
production is just going to show up and like they know what's coming but they don't tell anyone so like yeah. there's so much that's like it is but it is really it is really a special place when you can allow film to also be what fills you up when if that's the type of person you are i know some people love film to just be a job for them i know personally i relate to you in that in that same regard where it's just like man it is it is something that also recharges me as well so i don't i don't feel burnt out man i love telling a good story i love working with people so it's like there's so much of that that's like i do find it's hard to keep fresh groceries because like i'll be like i've got the whole weekend off i'm gonna go buy because i I love to cook obviously i wanted to pursue cooking so that's my other hobby is like i just baked we had a snow day yesterday so i baked bread um but it's hard to keep fresh groceries i you know i've had to find frozen or pickled alternative to a lot of things because there's so many times it'll be like oh hey you know i'm off the whole weekend gets a phone call never mind i'm not off this weekend you know and it's so it's been you know there's always those moments where you're like thankfully my family is used to the chaos of hey we're coming this weekend hey actually we're not coming anymore Uh, I do feel bad for like my husband's parents because they're you know more they're more typical with the with their career paths and everything we're the weird arts artsy weirdos who went into this and so they're like wait you can't come to the family gathering now we're like well we just booked this big job and it's ah, I'm so sorry you know vacate we know we book one vacation a year and it's in january because it's our deadest month you know so you plan your life around around the chaos no it's so true i think it has been like such a a special a special time just getting to hear about your journey i think in in like in closing some of this stuff like what is i think a lot of people like to give advice based off of what they've learned from their journeys um if you had to leave everyone who is listening to this with something what would you hope that they get to like take away from like some of the things that you've learned in life or like just things that you have a different perspective on now that you have worked in this industry since before you were 13 you know yeah i literally eat breathe and sleep this i can't escape it um i mean i would just say keep you know keep your head up because they're gonna be i i I have a life belief of there's only bad moments, no bad days. Um, and I fully believe that, that it's, you know, you keep your head up no matter how hard a job is, no matter how much you walk away feeling like a failure. And I definitely have walked away from some jobs thinking oh, they're never, I royally messed up. Even if I didn't, like I, in my head, it'll be like, ah, oh, I could not get that focus pole and no one else really noticed. You know what I mean? But you know, just keep your head up, you know, and just as much as it's true, people say you're only as good as your last job. Yes, there is truth to that. But there's also truth in just shaking it off, taking a deep breath and diving right back in. So just that would be my biggest thing in, in life, whatever life throws at you, you know, in your career or in your personal life, just take a deep, take a deep breath. My mom always used to say today does not equal forever. Dive right back in. So, and you know, and I, I'm a firm believer in that. So that would be one is just, you know, keep your head up. This industry is rough, you know, and it's going to be okay. As long as you didn't break the camera. <laughs> I had a, I, I, one of my ex-boyfriends was a, uh, was a DIT and you know I was the AC at and we would work on projects together a long time ago we used to joke like if I dropped a hard drive he'd break up with me and if he dropped a lens I'd break up with him 
Um, we still broke up. It didn't matter. I assume I, assume, I, I still he broke. Yeah, broke exactly. The lens uh, no, he just broke. You know, he broke other things. Um, but yeah, it's that was. I literally can't escape this. It's my entire existence. Um, and I could tell stories for days of just the stupidest things that I've done as a PA, mistakes I've made, victories I've done. You know, moments where I you know, had the intuition to do something ahead of time. There's all sorts of things. Well, I think I think the cool thing is we'll we'll get to hear hopefully some of those as you get to like host some of these episodes yourself. Yeah, I think that that's a uh, that's really really exciting. Is that everyone is going to get to learn so many great lessons from from your journey? Yeah, I'm really appreciate. I'm really excited to to come along with Focus Pullers at work and be a part of this really 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 beautiful community. I think it's just such a cool thing we have going here that we have a place that ACs and, and not just ACs, DPs can go to and, you know, seconds as they're coming up. I feel like we could do a whole podcast just on talking to seconds and how to be a good second and, you know, advice to them as they're learning or camera utility or any of those guys and girls, any of those people, um, you know, just how to, how to, we're just, I love that we have a place we can go to just communicate and get advice and seek each, each other out. I'm really, really, really honored to be a part of this team. Absolutely. So I guess where can people who are listening, where can they find you? Where can they follow you? Yeah. So I am very, very active on my Instagram, Meg Phoenix. You can find me on my Instagram. I have a website, megancommons.com, but I'm most active on my Instagram. So keep up with me there. I post tons of BTS and uh, projects I'm working on and stuff there. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of the Focus Pooler at Work podcast. Megan has also just joined the podcast team and will be hosting some episodes of her own, so be on the lookout for some more great content from her. For more content like this, give this podcast a follow on whatever platform you prefer to use, and we'll see you on the next episode.